Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. And today I'm with a sage of sorts, um, a man with incredible wisdom who I met last year at a conference in Colorado um, to the benefit of my relationship with Brad Lominick. Brad introduced me to my new friend, Ken Costa. So excited to tell you about my dear friend, Ken, who comes to us from across the pond today in London, England, I should say, today for me, tonight for Ken. Uh, It's evening hours and we've got him working the night shift as he shares this conversation with us. But let me tell you about um, my friend, Ken Costa. Ken operates at the intersection of the sacred and the secular, the world, work, and worship, spirituality and spreadsheets, the city and the church. As a Christian strategist, communicator, and leader, he spent over 40 years working in finance while preaching and teaching. Ken's work centers around encouraging this dialogue with a passionate belief that to know your why is to know your way. Finding and fulfilling your calling will revolutionize the way you do life. Ken is particularly committed to his work connecting millennials with their purpose in an increasingly volatile, uncertain, complex, and anxious world. Ken is originally from South Africa and currently lives in London with his wife, Dr. Fiona Costa, a classical musician and research fellow at the University of Roehampton. They have four adult children and two grandchildren. You should know this about Ken. He was the chairman of Lazard, chairman of UBS. He's an international thought leader who's respected across the globe. Welcome to the show, author, speaker, leader, family man, Ken Costa. Well, Jordan, that sounds so good. Please carry on and tell me more about (laughs) me. (laughs) Well, you are uh, more impressive um, in person, just sharing conversation than, than even your bio describes such a such an authenticity about you and, and how you share and a humility in how you connect with others. And I picked up on that right away. Um, just for our listeners to know, I met you in a setting with about 40 other young men, all of whom are distracted and busy and really driven um, in various directions, professionally, vocationally. And you really challenged this young group of men. Um, that's the word I would have used to describe your your talk to us. You spoke for about 30 minutes and, and there was a fairly intense challenge um, to lean into the things in life that matter most, faith and family. And I'll never forget that speech that you gave Lost Valley Ranch in Colorado last spring and um, really wanted to, to have you join us again on the podcast, Ken, to speak about some of those same topics. And, and today we're going to talk about the topic of leadership. This is a leadership podcast. We help the, the leader go farther, faster. You're going to help us do that today. Um, that said, I want to open with a question that... Um, is maybe going to put you on the spot a bit. Many people know you as an author, speaker, thought leader, um, someone who's done very well in, in the world of, of finance. But what is one thing that that most people might not know about Ken Costa? Could you could you pull back the curtain and tell us maybe a fun fact about Ken that not everybody would know? Well, I did about the fun fact, but I do know that the moment I open my mouth, um, uh, there is an immediate, particularly in America. The, I mean. Within seconds, if I open my mouth, uh, out comes all the most negative images of the uh, of the the language and of you know what what uh, Hollywood have always portrayed. You know the the one that speaks like this is the dodgy butler or the one that <laughs> does the scam. But in fact, I, uh, I I grew up on a farm in South Africa rather than being in the in the midst of um, one of the great cities of the world. So that's. Uh, that's so I'm at, in, at nature, a farmer's boy, love doing the sort of outdoor stuff that, you know, farmer's guys do. 
hunting, shooting, all the other things that uh, <laughs> that uh, the sort of city gent doesn't portray to others, but is a good secret to share with your podcasters. Well, you're you're our kind of person here in in the great state of Iowa. We have many like you who grew up in rural areas on the farm, and I'm I'm, I'm one of those people, Ken. So we share that in in common. Um, I want to dive into the topic of, of leadership. You're, you're working with so many leaders right now on pursuing their why, walking with purpose. In fact, I was listening to you earlier today, you shared a conversation with Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life. I know that you want leaders to, to be more passionate about things that matter. I want to ask you this, though, in your own leadership journey, Ken, what is, what is the one or two maybe greatest lessons you've learned in leading yourself and then leading others? Do you know it's it's a difficult question, and I'm not surprised that you that you put it with a smile on your face if your people could but see there. Um, and it's a difficult question because you have to isolate one thing. There are many lessons that we would learn, but the one that comes to mind is that for many of us, particularly if we're good at what we're doing, and I'm assuming that the people who are listening to you are pretty good at what they do, whether it's in the sports field or in, uh, in, the, in, in business or finance or the church or whatever they do. And our capacity to delude ourselves is great. And one thing I've noticed, and I speak against myself, the one lesson is what I would call satisfactory underperformance, that I can get away with quite a lot. And the only person that will know that I've got away with it is me. Because people like you are nice enough to say, oh, gosh, it's great to have Ken around. And I can give you very nice words and give you a whole bunch of insights. And at the end of it, I will know, and no, John, you can't ask me at the end of it this question, <laughs> have I have done a satisfactory underperformance? In other words, have I given something that actually is not stretching myself? It's not taking me to another place. Um, it is, I've got away with it because I've done it often enough. Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge for a leader is to stay fresh, is mm -hmm. to stay uh, doing the best that you can. And it's tough. It's not easy because you've got to do it all the time. If you're a, <clears throat> you know, a, a speaker or you're a coach or you're whatever it is, you, you can get into a, into a habit, into a rote. So the satisfactory underperformance is, I think, a killer. Because if you keep doing that, you will persuade yourself that what you've underperformed is actually a good performance, that you've actually mm. done well with something that you haven't. Uh, and that practiced over a period of time is going to just take you down the path of being average. So I think that would be one of the key things I would, I would think uh, would matter. I think the second uh, would be that in relation to this, the easiest way to become yesterday's person is to stay in your comfort zone. And so therefore, the question that arises is, who, who have we got who will provoke us? Who will provoke you? Mm. Um, now, if you watch any, anything on social media, we're all provoked to anger. I get absolutely furious when somebody attacks my football club. Um, you know, which is the best football club in the world, it's called Chelsea. Not brilliant at the moment, but it always will be. Uh, you know, when, and somebody sort of irrationally attacks it. There's lots of rage about it. But the question is, uh, who will provoke us 
to excel such that our satisfactory underperformance is challenged by people who are, and, and I would always say who the people are. I want somebody who's got skin in my game, actually wants me to succeed, isn't competitive or jealous with me, and who tell me tough things and still have a beer with me afterwards. So that, that those thoughts just pulled together of, you know, how do I get out of my comfort zone? Um, how do I avoid satisfactory underperformance? And who am I going to allow into my life to provoke me? Makes sense? M make, makes a ton of sense. I've already got a page of notes. And I know so many of our listeners are listening intently because there's a generation of people who follow our podcast that fall into the Gen Z millennial bucket. And, and I want you, Ken, to speak directly to these people because you're, you're passionate about this group. I, I've heard you speak to this group uh, via video and also in person and, and really challenge this group. But if you were to answer the question for a millennial or, or, or a Gen Zer, you know, let's say a 20-something-year-old, a 30-something-year-old that says, Ken, I want to expand my impact. I'd like to grow in my influence. I want to develop as a leader. I want to become more seasoned. Um, what, what, what's some of the advice you would give to that generation? And I think you've already given a bit of it, but if you were to expand on that for the emerging leader in today's world, what, what are some of the things that they should be focused on and thinking about as it relates to expanding their impact and influence? Well, the first I think would be a, a, a cautionary negative, and that is beware of a narcissistic tendency. Um, I love the generation. The reason that I speak to it and in it and a part of it, and so many of my friends are in that group, is that because I believe this is a generation that is a prophetic generation. Um, it's not a secular term that we could use, but by prophetic, I mean, it's a generation that has said, you know, we want to see, you know, the issues of our environment addressed, the issues of justice addressed, the issues of, of race addressed, and the issues of inequality uh, addressed. But what, it's, what has happened, and, and to that extent, it's forced it's the agenda items that we never thought would be forced to the top of the agenda. It has forced them up. Mm -hmm. uh, and politicians worldwide having are buying into the, in the force of a generation um, that, 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 is, that is moving in that direction. But having said that, nonetheless, because there is, a, it, there is so much an emphasis on me and my feelings and my moments and how do I feel, how do I respond, how do I intuit, that the difficulty is that there is a narcissistic tendency, a tendency to see one's own reflection in everything <coughs> that I think one, I, I would be cautiously concerned about because the way to break that is not to start saying, well, I'm not going to be narcissistic this morning, but it is to consciously, consciously remind yourself, I'm here for someone else. I'm here to help someone else to, and help, you know, is a, it's a thought, it's an, an action, it's, 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 a, it's a predisposition to say, I am not the center of the gravity wherever I happen to be, but I want to help someone else. And it's an extraordinarily liberating experience because it's the basis of the Christian faith is that, uh, you know, we, and as Rick Wallen said in the book that you quoted, it's not about you. So I think that first thing would be, as one starts in those early 20s, um, don't just give money to a charity. You know, go and work 
with other people, whether it's mm. the homeless or people one can teach or those that are need difficulties in language or difficulties in social activities or prisons or whatever it is, just do something yourself that takes you out of yourself and breaks that world. And the reason for that is that it starts opening the world to other influences in your life. Mm. Uh, and, and that's a basis for learning how one goes forward. Because in the 20s and early 30s, there are, this generation has, is overwhelmed with choice. And every one of those choices produces a huge tension. Um, and the, this fear of, if I say no to this, I may, I may miss the great opportunity of my life. That's the first bit. And I think the second part of it is that you cannot, you just simply cannot sustain the day-to-day -day pressures uh, of being overwhelmed by choices and by decisions that have a, a, you know, an effect on, on your humanity. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and one has to pay great attention to that. Yeah, I love what you said about, I'm here for someone else. You know, what a powerful line. Um, Pat Lencioni was on our podcast recently, and he, he mentioned this idea that when somebody uses the term servant leadership, it drives him mad. He said, because it insinuates there's another way to do it. That, in other words, leadership is service. It's about serving other people. It's about stepping outside of yourself. It, it's this realization that I'm here for someone else. So, so I, lo I love that message specifically that you're offering to a younger generation who candidly um, can be very self-absorbed, right? I've been there. Pride and ego can consume us and overtake us. Speak to the veteran leader. There's, there's some veteran leaser, uh, leaders listening, Ken, who are dealing with that generation and, and they're struggling or they're frustrated. If you were a veteran leader dealing with that generation of people who maybe seem self-absorbed or narcissistic or they're caught up in their, in their own world, as veteran leaders, how do we break that in, in a younger generation? And, and again, I'm, I'm of the younger generation, but, but I just I hear veteran leaders struggling with that, um, both in ministry and the marketplace. Well, I'm a veteran leader, so I'm right in that, in that category. And I say the first thing you've got to do, you absolutely have to believe, because your generation are as smart as they come at sniffing out something that's not authentic. I mean, they are like you know, um, a hunting dog, you know, it can sniff it in a minute um, and flush you out um, if, if, if you, there's any pretense about it. So the first bit is you have to believe that this is a genuine generation that is contributing in the most extraordinary way to the, to the future of, of humankind. By the end of the century, by the end of this decade, we will have more than half the workforce globally will be in the, the what I call the zenial group, the millennials and the zenials. And they are reshaping the whole way in which we are looking, so the, uh, looking at the world. So if you're what I would call the, um, the boomer, born in, as I was, in the, in, uh, the, 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 you know, the post-war generation, and you're talking to the Zoomer, we all use Zoom, we're using one at the moment, but you're talking at that, the, the language that is needed it, so many people say, well, they don't understand what I'm saying. They don't understand what you're saying because it's not authentic. It's not that the language is different. But the way I put it is this. We need both. We need the insight 
of the new generation and the hindsight of the older generation. And hindsight and insight come together to create an amazing working together, you know, in the most practical way. Young guys want to start a business, older person, got time, got capital, come together and see what can be done. You know, it's communities, churches, for example. You know, are you putting together your entrepreneurs, the younger guys who could learn from the older, the accountants, the, 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 the older entrepreneurs, the, you know, the more seasoned people to be able to learn from each other? That, I think, is a, is a distinctive piece. There is a role. We, we, we're not going to be written out of the script by you. And you, um, and, uh, we need you to keep us fresh, to keep us alive, and to keep us energized for the future, um, not only of, of, of mankind or humankind, but of the planet. So good. Someone listening to this is thinking, wow, this is, this is fairly deep. I mean, Ken goes, Ken goes deep here, and, and you do go deep. I think that will be one of the hallmarks of, of your legacy and your leadership is that you talk about things and spend time on things that matter. And I appreciate that about, about your leadership. Um, it's also part of the reason that you wrote the book, Know Your Why. And you say there's a distinct difference in finding your why and knowing your why. And I'd love for you to speak candidly about that. Sure. So Simon Sinek told us to, uh, to find our why. But for the Christian particularly, and it's a book written from a Christian perspective, I think it's helpful, I would like to think for all, which says that we can know our why. Um, and the, the way we can know our why is firstly out of a relationship with Jesus Christ, because, that, because he being the creator brings within us the spirit of the living God that is also able to test us, to, to, to illuminate that which is the darker side. And Jordan will excuse you, but most of us have a shadow side to our lives. Um, and, uh, and that shadow can quite often so interfere with the way in which we're trying to live lives of purpose, that we have an, an over-energized superego that sort of drives us mm. into, into uh, uh, levels that are beyond our creation, beyond our competence, where we think we can do things, uh, but, the, but the, the, the superego is persuading me that I am able to do things that I can't do. But what the Spirit of God does is draws us together, all parts of our personality. Paul writing in his letter to the, to the Colossians says, in Christ Jesus, all things hold together. So there's something that is, it holds together these, the bits that are pulling us apart, you know, jealousies, threats, competitiveness, anger, uh, you know, sort of satisfaction, happiness, joy. You know, how the heck do we hold the whole thing together? Answer with difficulty. And then you let the Spirit of God come within your life and you begin to, to understand there is a calling which Jesus says, you uh, uh, haven't chosen me. I have chosen you. Um, mm. And um, it's a brilliant description of, mm. of, of what, he, what he wants us to continue to do. So that's a fundamental premise of the Know Your Why book. And I think it's important to say that it's for you and for me. It's not just for those who are sort mm. of full-time Christian service. Because my workstation is my worship station. Where God calls me to work is where he calls mm. me to worship. Mm. Uh, and that's often misunderstood because people think that worship is what you do for a, 
an hour in a church on a Sunday or if you're a Pentecostal for three hours on a Sunday. <laughs> but but actually, it is our day-to-day working uh, as well as the other times when we come together. Yeah, so much truth to what you just shared, Ken. I, I so much appreciate your candor and how you share. And again, how you share challenges some folks. I think you want it to be challenging on some level. And so there, there's a group of people that heard what you, what you just said, and they said, yeah, right, that makes sense. As a person of faith, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. That made sense to me. There, there's another group of people that's thinking, I don't know about that. Um, I love what Pastor Ken Locke said on our podcast. They said, Ken, would you just speak to some of the people who don't know about that? And he said, well, you might not know about God, but he knows about you. Um, to that person wrestling with what you just said, or maybe who is, who's really challenged by some of the things that you just shared, what, what, would, you, what would you say to that, to that person listening? Well, what I would say to him is uh, is this, and indeed, um, I can say that with with some um, some sense of feeling, because uh, I chair um, a new startup company called Glorify. You've heard of Spotify, you've heard of Shopify. Well, here is Glorify, and Glorify is meant for the committed and the curious. And what it does is it gives you a bite sized bit of the Bible a bite-sized description of what you've read in the Bible, and a bite-sized meditation. And what is really important about that is that there is, even for the curious rather than the committed, an opportunity to reflect. And one of the lessons we all need to learn and relearn is how do we listen? How do we, or what, what are you allowing into your life? that will shape your life. And so, you know, for a younger generation, the whole nature of mental health, mental stress, um, the pressure on on the generations for choices and whatever has led to a growth of all sorts of sort of cranky, uh, reflective, meditative stuff. But the Christian piece, I believe, is authentic. So we've created this, this company uh, with and it's growing amazingly because it's offering people an opportunity to listen. Now, to the committed, it's listening to God. To the curious, it's listening to something that my great friend Jordan keeps muttering on when we go to a ball game. Um, you know, it, it, it is it is reaching places. And indeed, one of our key investors, uh, because it's raised a very substantial sum of money. Uh, from uh, from the from Silicon Valley, one of the key investors when do it told me that he he went to glorify every day, but doesn't believe anything. But he found it a discipline, an opportunity to listen, and an opportunity to allow another influence into his life in a meditative way. Well, we're going to add in the show notes a link to Glorify and love the work that you and your son, right, are are sort of doing together yeah, on it, that it, front. He, he, he was the one that founded it, and uh, I should have taken more equity when I gave him the original <laughs> money, but that's life. He's my son, and I'm proud of him. So. Well, and what a, what a wonderful endeavor that the two of you get to do that together, you know, and enjoy that journey of, of serving and impacting others together. And, and this is a company in, in an endeavor that's raised tens of millions of dollars, so you're doing significant work uh, that is that is leading to to real impact. Um, before I let you go, Ken, I, 
I want to know this. What lies ahead for you when you think about the future and the things that you're excited about tackling and taking on? I mean, you're, you're a person who is very busy. There's a lot of people who want your time. There's certainly many causes, good causes that you could give your time and energy to. Um, what lies ahead? What's next for, for Ken Costa? Well, that's, um, that's a question I think we all love to know the answer to. Um, because the fact of the matter is, we don't know the future. Um, but the Spirit of God does. Um, and if you read John's Gospel, whether you're a committed person or a curious person, if you read in there, you will see that this person, the Holy Spirit, is given to us um, as someone who is going to come alongside us to help us understand both who we are and who we are in the, in the context of a community in which we're living and what our giftings are and what our calling is. And I want to spend as much time as I can with people like you, Jordan, and, and others of a similar age to be able to help bridge the gaps that are existing in our society where it does seem to me, whether it's in your country or in our country, the level of, of disagreement uh, and and intense and even violent disagreement is continuing to grow. And as a, both the Zoomer and the Boomer, we need to be able to come together to be able to work through some of these, these ideas that are dividing and try and find the common ground that will enable us all to live in peace and also to make sure that the values that a new generation are wanting to have brought to the front forefront of our body politic and our civic society are actually heard and acted upon and where mm -hmm. people like us who've got more time and more influence are able to help those ideas to come to the top so working with young people um, <clears throat> and seeing you know people come to a living faith um, in the workplace tough as it is harsh compromises that we have to make every day competitive struggle you know it's a, it's a tough place to be in the world and i don't have to tell your hearers of the podcast and they wouldn't tell me anything different it's tough out there it's hard uh when you you know when you're trying to juggle the values that you have with the value that you hope to create um Ooh. so that's what i want to do <clears throat> Helping people to juggle with the values that they have and the values that they want to create. The value. The value, the value. That's right. And, and, I, and I appreciate the way that you strive to unify people. And I love this idea of the curious and the committed. And uh, you use the words um, gifting and calling and helping specifically the younger generation steward their, their gifting and, and chase after the calling. Um, where do people go, Ken? I, we're going to link again. Um, information about you in the show notes. But if somebody wants to find out about Ken Costa, they want to read your, your books, listen to you speak, hear more of your voice and your truth, where, where do they go to absorb more of Ken? Um, well, they could, um, they could hit the website, um, but you could go to Amazon and pick up either God at Work, which is what am I doing in the workplace as a Christian, knowing your why, which is finding a purpose in your life, or the two more religious ones is, you know, strange kingdom. What is what is it that we live in this strange kingdom? You know, the king who dies on a cross is a king, really. Um, and then there is this 
wonderful footnote story on the Bible of somebody called Joseph of Arimathea, who was just an ordinary business person. And when all the, the all the big big knobs of of the day, the the leaders of the of the apostles and the disciples and all of them had messed had left the scene, the business person comes in to tidy up, take the body, find it for burial. Um, and you know, that's a practical help with a biblical touch to when you ask yourself the question, well, what am I just doing, just making money, um, mm. just working? Uh, what's the purpose to that all? And I think that that would be those books. They're all on. You can get them from Amazon. But but I, I but there's one thought that I will just leave in going through all the things. The one thing that has inspired me, um, and which I would ask all all anybody listening to. It's so so satisfying. Teach yourself how to draw out of other people that which they don't know exists within them or more particularly where they're too embarrassed to articulate that either because God or, or because they've sensed someone had spoken to them or suggested something to them. And, and, and they don't know that they, that they have a, they lack the confidence to be able to say something which you can see in somebody else and come alongside them, help them to understand or to draw something out of them that they don't know uh, e exists. Um, and, and I think that that's so satisfying for both the person who is, feels a million dollars after you've spent some time with them, encouraging them, and mm. uh, you, because you felt you've been able to be helpful to someone else. It gets back to what you shared um, earlier. I'm I'm here for someone else, and you're drawing the best out of others. Um, you've done that for me in the short time that I've known you. You've challenged me in some areas, and um, there's a reason that you know thought leaders like Rick Warren and and Mike Todd and Brad Lominick endorse your work because you're not just talking the talk; you're walking this out and living it in everyday life. Um, our listeners have come to know Ken that that we hand out books. We give away books. And so uh, we're going to link all of your books in the show notes. If you would like a copy of one of Ken's books that he just mentioned, again, they'll be linked in the show notes. Um, send us an email and we'll send you a copy of the book. You can do this one of two ways. You can send us a direct message on Instagram. Uh, probably more effective would be emailing my wife, Ashley, Ashley at MontgomeryCompanies.com. And she will send you a book. We'll purchase that book for you, send it to you. And, um, we want to honor Ken and also get more of Ken's work out into the world so that we can increase the impact and emission, um, Ken, that you stand for. Um, any final thoughts for our listeners, Ken? You've shared so much wisdom. Again, I've got pages of notes. I've, I know you've helped our listeners, challenged our listeners today, wherever today finds them. Um, any, any final words of wisdom, a final message you want to leave with our audience today? Yeah, sure. Look, leadership is tough. Um, it's difficult. You, you have to make difficult decisions. But hey, really enjoy it. Enjoy what you're doing. Have some fun. Um, lighten up uh, a bit, you know, consciously steward the off the time when you're watching a ball game, when you're having a drink with somebody, when you're when you're walking alone with the new woman or the new man that you've got. Um, enjoying in, in, enjoy the, the environment around you, get into the countryside, um, you know, breathe deeply, rejoice in you know within the difficulties because we have overwhelming difficulty 
Um, and then <clears throat> that will lead to a morning of meditation. If you if your if your faith is in Jesus Christ, then to meditate uh, and to to reflect. Uh, if it's uh, if it's some other way where you energize yourself, um, then get closer to enjoying, even when you're not, and particularly when it's tough and it's difficult and it's boring and it's much the mm. same. Um, uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Well, thank you for the encouragement, the nudge, the challenge. Uh, thanks for helping us, this generation specifically that I'm a part of, uh, Ken, and stewarding our giftedness and responding to the call and thinking deeper about purpose and knowing our why. I so much respect what you stand for, the work that you're doing, uh, all that you've created. And I'm behind you always. I'm a, I'm a fan of Ken Costa here to support you and, and be a friend. And so glad that uh, Brad Lominick kindly connected us and, and allowed me to get to know you better. You're too kind. Too kind. Thank you. God bless you. Be well. Thanks again for being with us, Ken. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Company's podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. I want to say thanks also to John Choate and James Roth of Storyline Multimedia for all of the work that they do behind the scenes to make this episode go. If you enjoy listening to this show, if you're somebody who tunes in once in a while to our podcast, we'd love it if you'd officially subscribe so that we could move our mission of impact forward. This podcast is designed to help the leader go farther faster. We hope you've done that today. Be well, be great. Have a wonderful day.